When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Change, the opening song on Fireboy DML's new album, Playboy, begins with the plain-spoken revelation over sweet-sounding keys that the Nigerian singer-songwriter's life makes more sense as he gets older. He opens up about the blessings of his rapidly evolving day-to-day, global recognition, charting hits, But these newfound pleasures aren't without discomfort. Fireboy is unsure if people are using him for his talents, and he's beginning to feel the pressures that come with having to balance his career as an artist with his personal life. It's a sobering, clear-eyed reflection on his rapid ascent. In 2018, Fireboy's enchanting song Jealous was released as part of YBNL Mafia Family a compilation highlighting artists signed to veteran Afrobeats musician Olamide's YBNL Nation label. Jealous would be re-released the following year, giving Fireboy his first big break. His debut album, The Tender Laughter, Tears and Goosebumps, would be released later that same year, followed by his sophomore LP Apollo in 2020, which pushed his songwriting to new levels of vulnerability and openness. On Playboy, out today via YBNL and Empire, he's ready to show another side of himself, tapping into a more playful and braggadocious persona. It's maybe best represented by Peru, the sticky and sultry jam that earned him his first Billboard Hot 100 entry and was remixed by Ed Sheeran. While Fireboy's past albums focused more on balladry, Playboy puts increased emphasis on his keen pop instincts and irresistible hooks. On the eve of Playboy's release, The Fader's Brandon Cullender spoke to Fireboy DML about opening himself up to collaboration, valuing solitude, and Afrobeats' global takeover. So Fireboy DML, your new album, Playboy, you know, drops tomorrow. You know, I was wondering, like, how are you feeling right now? I feel super confident, definitely more confident than I felt before I dropped my last two albums. 2019, when I was about to drop my debut album, I was scared and, you know, nervous and really apprehensive about, you know, the future and what it it holds. But right now, based off the the mind space I'm in, you know, I feel more confident in my craft, feel more balanced and well settled in my superstar status, you know. So I think it's, it's helped me to deal with moments like this, preparing for my album, Drop. I, I feel very confident. I feel very excited. You know, maybe the nerves haven't kicked in yet. <laughs> Hopefully they do. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, I feel confident and excited. I hear that a lot from artists where it never really like sets in until like it drops and you start seeing like all the reactions roll in. So I was wondering, you know, like, how do you like go about embracing that? It's like, do you like read people's reactions or do you just like try to stay away from social media? The truth is that I don't think anyone stays away like completely, you know, like as a human being, you want to, you want to get feedback, you know, you want to see what people think of, of your work of art. You want to see what the world thinks. You want to see everybody's reaction. So you're definitely going to be online you know, checking out, you know, seeing how people feel and how people receive your stuff. So I'll be doing a lot of that, you know, like. 
I'm not going to shy away from the internet or like reactions and stuff, but I, mean, I know that this is a solid body of work and I, I really cannot wait, man. Like I'm going to be online. I'm going to be outside. The album is basically about me coming out of my shell you know, coming out to play. Fans that have known me over the years know I've been this reclusive onbody. <laughs> and, you know, at this time, I'm just coming out, I'm stepping out. I'm probably going to be in some club, you know, just having some few drinks, enjoying myself. It's, it's vibes, man. So on that same note, you know, about, like, coming outside, you know, like, stepping out of your shell, it's like, earlier this year, it's like you stepped out on your first, like, headlining tour in the United States. Now, I was wondering, like, how that felt for you. Uh, that was amazing. I, I had, you know, some of the best performances of my life from that tour, you know. I think that's what kind of really opened my eyes to realize not just how far I have come um, as an artist, but also how far Afrobeats, you know, has gone really global. And that moment meant a lot to me because I saw different fans from different walks of life, different races, different countries, you know, travel from thousands of miles, you know, just to come and watch me perform. It's, it's amazing. You know, I had a great time. It's really interesting you say that because I've been thinking about that too, you know, like over the course of like the last like like two years, you know, just this entire moment we're seeing where music from like the African continent is just like being embraced like worldwide, you know, because like it started with like artists like Wande Cole and like Wizkid and Asa, Burna Boy, etc. But now, you know, we have this like new vanguard with artists like you, Omale, Thames and Joe Boy, who are really just like taking this like i don't know to like a whole new level yeah it's crazy this this generation i think we've never had this much influx of um young artists coming out at the same time pushing the culture so so globally at the same time you know it's 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 never been seen before and it's, it's usually just three four artists at a time you know you know leading the vanguard of you know of, of, of afrobeats but right now we're, we haven't there are a lot. Like, I can count up to, like, at least 15 of us, like, you know, just doing great out there, pushing the culture, pushing the sound. I'm just honored and glad, you know, to be to be in the generation that actually made Afrobeats to the world a dream come true. Um, it, it's a blessing. And it's, it's up to us to even open bigger doors for the generation coming after us. I mean, that's what Afrobeats has always been about. It's been a generation-to-generation generation thing. You can tell from Fela to the Two-Face and Debange down to the whiskey david o bonaboy day and now to us like it's it's a crazy crazy generation of stuff that's something i really love too you know just like that kind of generational connection where artists are like so often like reaching back like into the past it's like i want to like show you my appreciation for doing what you did by like opening these doors up for me that's the vibe that afrobeats you know has always been given over the years that's why i said it's, it's more than just the music it's more than just the sound now it's it's about our roots our identity you know, so these days when you see an Afrobeats art you come out with an R&B song or a pop song, like this generation doing a lot of dancehall, but it just lays the dancehall with some Afrobeats roots, like, you know, the expressions and, you know. But I mean, it's really more about where we come from, you know, as artists, different tribes, different connection, different roots. That's what makes us Afrobeats artists, not necessarily the sound in itself, because the sound has expanded in a very crazy way. And, and you know, this is this is what we've always wanted. Do you ever feel like intimidated, you know, being part of like this like new wave? I'm not sure if you ever feel like I have to make sure that this song is a smash or it's like I have to make sure that like I'm doing something. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I won't lie. There's always pressure, you know, like that's what makes you nervous when, when you're about to drop an album or when you're about to drop a song, you know. You see a lot of people doing, doing this, doing that, dropping bangers and stuff. And, you know, you just feel like 
you know, you set some standards for yourself and you cannot afford to lower those standards, you know. So um, there's always that pressure, but I don't let that pressure get to me. They get around me, but I never let them get to me. The only kind of pressure that I allow to get to me is the one I put on myself. That's the one that, you know, drives me and, and keeps me going forward and, you know, makes me keep outdoing myself every time. And I've come to understand that sometimes it's not really just about outdoing yourself. It's about making great music. You know, it's about, you know, being consistent. In years to come, they'll say, oh, this guy dropped back-to-back -back amazing albums. They won't say, oh, he dropped one album and, you know, the other album wasn't good. They would just, you know, collectively say, oh, this guy dropped amazing music back in the day. You know, that's that's really what it's all about for me. You know, that's that's my legacy right there, you know. So, like, as long as I keep making great music, some will be commercially successful, some will not. But, you know, after a lot of years, they'll look back and say, yo, Fireboy made amazing Afrobeats music, you know. That, and that's what it's all about for me. See, my life's about to change, change. But I feel some type of way. Everyone around me keeps asking me the same. Are you ready for the pain? Because your life's about to change. So it's like the very first song on Playboy, Change, you know, it's this song that's full of like a bunch of different emotions at once. There's like fear, there's joy, there's gratitude and skepticism. Now, I was wondering like, what kind of changes have you been like going through lately? That's a very good question. Appreciate that. Um, I deliberately started the album with that song, you know, just to, you know, tell a story, to ease them in into the kind of life that I live now. I mean, I'm saying Playboy, I'm outside, I've come out of my shell, blah, blah, blah. You know, but I still have to give them a glimpse of where I'm coming from and why I am, you know, stepping into this life, you know. I recorded that song just when Peru had gone number one in the UK. The Ed feature um, really pushed the song, you know, made the song a global, global, global smash. We were conquering everywhere. Europe was going crazy. The US was going bonkers. It was doing great. Billboard, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, I knew that my life was about to change, you know, in a very crazy, crazy way. And sometimes when your life changes for good, it doesn't always come with the good. There's always the bad, you know. <laughs> you have to be, you know, realistic with yourself. And everyone around my team just kept calling, calling, you know, looking out for me like, yo, are you ready for the next, you know, for the next chapter of your life, for the next chapter of your career? You know, are you ready for the next challenge? You know, and it all got me apprehensive, like, yo, what's going on? Like, why is everyone asking me what's going on? Like, Calm down, like you know. So I just really wanted to put that emotion into into music and express my fear. You know, sometimes it's it's not always such a thing to be generally happy about when your life is about to transcend into another phase. You know, it comes with more challenges, more expectations, more pressure. You know, so sometimes it's not always a good thing, and you have to express that fear. You have to be true to yourself, and that's what that song is about. So it's me introducing them to that doubt that I initially had and then throwing them into the life. From the next song up until the song, the, the album ends, it, it's, it's the Playboy life. It's, it's me being in my bag, you know, be, me being in my superstar element. So that first song just encapsulates that story. Like, yo, uncertainty and then success. And that's just, like, beautiful to hear. I was wondering how you, like, personally just, like, found ways to, like, cope with changes and find ways to, like, address them or, like, 
grow more comfortable with the uncertain. Most of the, you know, the challenges that I face as a, a popular person, I deal with them with solitude. Solitude solves half of my problems, you know, as a famous person, because fame is very crazy stuff, you know. Solitude gives me time to think, to reflect, to, you know, to, to be human again, you know, after going out there to be a superstar and you're exchanging different energies, you never know who's who, you know, you're paranoid, you're, you're this, you're that. When I come back home, I always make sure I find some time to myself to build on my self-awareness, you know, to, to spend more time with myself and not lose, you know, the human part of myself to the fame. So solitude helps me. I stay grounded and I, I never celebrate too much, you know. Um, when they called me and told me about my different successes, oh, your song has gone platinum, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, you're about to perform at Wembley Arena. I'm like, amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, I never allow myself to celebrate too much. I always tell myself there's always more, there's always more, there's always more, keep working, keep working, there's never enough. You know, those things like that, it keeps me grounded. And I think that's that's all you need, you know, solitude. You know, take some time to yourself to to maintain the parts of yourself that make you feel human and you'll be good. And I feel like those kind of like reflective processes, just like really showing your music. You know, I was wondering, it's like how you learn to just like be so open and honest about like yourself and like your experiences. I think arts will do that to you, especially music, to be honest, but like poetry, music, painting, sculpture, everything, like anything art, like anything that helps you express yourself, helps you be more honest, you know, and open. Even when you don't realize it, I'm not really the most open person around. Like <laughs> I have these walls that I build around myself, especially with people and relationships. But when it comes to my music, I'm really incredibly honest, you know, because I, I learned early into my career that, you know, honesty is the soul of songwriting. Um, as long as there's some elements of truth in your songs, people will relate to it. Like, and when people relate to a song, oh, they're going to love not just the song, but they're going to love you. So anything you put out, they're attached to it. You know, and that's how it works. Honesty draws people in. You know, and I learned that from my songwriting. You know, so sometimes, even if it's not my story, it's someone's story, you know, because it's true and it's real. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's how I you know, apply that to in making music. I'm again no be so Yeah, you won't capture my soul I'm again no be so Make we one one ball on ball Peru, ba Peru, Peru, ba I'm loose Even Peru done the para To nothing Josie, I'm in Josie Moon connect for one-on-one Josie I'm not playing with you, I'm not joking My thought of mom is loaded Me your king fag up, but I'm on molly I'm on so in a past interview, I read that Peru came out of like, just like a like long freestyle. And I was wondering like, is that something normal for you? Is that like normally how you go about writing songs? Yeah, kind of, you know, like I, I freestyle, play with the melodies in my head. Most of the time I usually have the words in my head because I write in my head before putting it down. Um, but I always end up, almost always brush it up, you know, go back to it a couple of days later, change some lyrics, change melodies, you know, properly write and create the song because you know making music is an art you know but sometimes music is very spiritual music is beautiful music is freedom sometimes music just happens you know you're just in the studio 35 45 minutes you're like freestyling putting words together trying out different melodies before you know you have a song you know and sometimes you don't have to overthink it you know like i almost did with peru because i did not want to release that song i wanted my team to give me a couple of weeks to just brush it up because i felt it was half-baked because, you know, I'm a perfectionist and, and I like to properly, properly, you know, make music. But sometimes I, I learned that sometimes you just have to let go and not overthink anything. Just, you know, just put it out there. Trust your instincts, trust in what you have done 
as a creative. And that's what Peru as a song taught me, you know, and I've learned that. You know, so it doesn't happen every time, trust me. And most of the time I'm, I'm planning out different melodies, different lyrics, putting them together, properly writing, changing phrases, checking a dictionary, going online on Google, seeing what words mean, you know, putting words together and stuff like that, you know, but once in a while, you know, like just, just let go and just make music, trust your gifts, your natural gifts, just put it out there. How have things changed for you? Like after like Peru, like, I don't know, it just like kind of exploded, you know, out of nowhere, basically. Yeah. You know, um, it, it was, it's crazy you know, right now. I mean, definitely more global recognition, um, international rep and whatnot, you know, but like, Mostly, what 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 I really appreciate about what Peru has done for me is it is brought me more listeners. You know, now the whole world is paying attention to my music, and that means the whole world is paying attention to Afrobeats because that's what I represent. And you know, that makes me happy when I think about it that way. And also, you know, back home here, you know, like for some weird reason, like the fans are crazy about their faves. You know, um, having global recognition and you know, getting that international whatever whatever <laughs> you know but you know i guess it makes them happy in a way you know so i mean when the fans are happy i'm happy <laughs> you know i'm just really glad and you know to 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 be here today you know representing afrobeats and seeing the momentum that afrobeats is getting right now it's, it's only right to take advantage of it you know and so to capitalize on that momentum and push it harder and that's why i'm dropping this album and honestly like at times it still feels like the west is still trying to like catch up on like afrobeats there's just like so many different like polyrhythmic textures going on where it's just like you can never predict where a song is going sometimes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about, you know, Afrobeats. It's really no rules per se. It's mainly melodies, rhythm, vibes, instrumentation, you know, whatnot, the energy around the song, you know, but sometimes the spice that I bring into my music, you know, is, is the relatability of the, of the lyrics, you know, the way they just eat you. You know, sometimes you're dancing and you just hear something, you know, that just, that just stops you in your tracks. And you're like, yo, wow, that's so profound. You know, like that element, you know, really makes the difference in my Afrobeat music. But like I said, melody is still like superior, you know, when it comes to Afrobeat music. Yeah, you're right. The West is just catching up, but it's going to take time, you know, because like I, like I always say, we, we are just beginning. Like this, this crazy success that Afrobeat seems to be getting is just the beginning of the whole thing. Like, I see nothing yet. Like, it's crazy. I wanted to ask you about that too. And, and it's good you bring that up because when I listen to like your music specifically, it's like, you're like a real like balladeer, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm just like, this is like a real sweet sounding song. And it's like, as I keep on listening to it, it's like, I notice more and more things. It's like, here's a line that randomly gets caught in my head or it's just like, here's a way you like approach just like saying something that gets stuck in my head. And I was wondering like, it's like, how is that something that like came to be your thing? Um, well, I, I started out like every single random Afrobeat artist, you know, sounding like the in thing at the moment. I was sounding like the Mwande Cold, Whiskey. I was just, I was sounding like, you know, the regular Afrobeat artists, you know, of the time. And I realized that if I really wanted to blow up, if I really wanted to get noticed, if I really wanted to stand out and break through, I needed to like find a spice. And I looked around and no, no one was really putting so much intention into, into writing. Because to be honest, to be fair, Afrobeat has never really been about songwriting. It's it's always been about the melodies and the the rhythm and and, and stuff. So like I decided to like I've I've always been good with words. I studied English. I grew up writing poems and reading poetry, reading books. I still read, you know, in my free time. 
so like i've always included words i'm like why not why not just put you know this this knowledge into into your music and let's see where it gets you you know i decided to start writing the unconventional way using multi-syllabic you know rhyme schemes using some crazy words putting some words in between putting words together you know things that were not usually heard in afrobeat music you know, at the time and you know that's that's how i stood out that's that's what i incorporated into my music you know but like i always say melody is number one when it comes to Afrobeat music. So like I never let that thought go. So sometimes I have to compromise and you know like instead of saying too much, I think she should do a bit more singing and just giving them some melodies, you know, some memorable melodies to go along with it. So it's really all about striking balance between giving them memorable lyrics and memorable melody. So I, I was curious because you, you mentioned, you know, like studying English and poetry and like being a like heavy reader. I was wondering like who some of your favorite, you know, either like authors or poets were. I love Oscar Wilde. Um, I was going to the old, you know, writers and, and stuff. I love fiction. That's my favorite genre of books. My favorite writer is Dan Brown. Um, I love his works of fiction. Lately, I've, I've been reading a lot of Dean Coons because I put it up on my Twitter. I, I said Dan Brown is probably the the best writer of fiction I've ever read. And, you know, my fans were reacting and like, nah, you haven't read this, you haven't read that, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they recommended some books, you know, so I've been checking some books out. I love Oscar Wilde, I love William Shakespeare, I love Ernest Hemingway. Going back to like this new album, like Playboy, you've slowly been opening yourself up to like having a lot more like collaborators and like features on your projects. You know, it's like with this one, you have, you have like Shensia and Rayma like featured on here. And, you know, I was wondering, it was like, it's like, why have you been like opening yourself up to this? This new era, it's like a character arc. It's a different mind space. This new mind space, I just want to let go and, you know, see what life has for me. Stop. I want to stop trying to control things. Over the past few years, like I said, I've been a reclusive superstar. And I've also been a very selfish songwriter, you know, and musician, you know, keeping my melodies and my vibes to myself, making music by myself, for myself. I, I've grown to understand the, the, the importance of, of true collaboration because even even as I am still open to collaboration, I am not open to just any kind of collaboration. I'm not going to collaborate with anyone just because they're big or they're going to give me numbers. Like, you know, I had opportunities to work with a lot more artists on this album that would have given me, you know, quite, you know, the few numbers, but like it just didn't click, you know, so I had to like rush off on those. So, I mean, I worked with 11 producers and it's a 14-track album. That just goes to show how crazy, crazy, you know, I've been all around just trying to connect energies. And I, I just want to make a playful, a very playful, adventurous album. And you cannot make an adventurous album with just one or two producers. You have to, like, you know, tap into different sounds and, and see what it's got to you. So, like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I had fun with this one. I really went out. Like, I really connected with people on this one. Out of all the names like featured on that album, the one that I was like most excited about was Asake. You know, I was wondering like what led you to like working with him. First off, Asake is someone I've known since we were in uni. Um, we went to the same uni. Um, 
about family our lower university and he was a star back then too you know um he was an amazing was always been an amazing performer and you know we, we connected quite a few times you know on on an artist level so we've always had that synergy right back from time and i wrote i wrote bandana quite a cup i think a couple of years ago and it's one of those songs that you write and then you just cannot find the right hook for it you know i had the, the, the perfect verses and i tried out different different hooks numerous hooks but they never did not just sound right and i knew that i needed someone with some kind of more flair you know because it lamba back home here in afrobeat lamba is um you know slangs very catchy words that that just stick you know i needed someone like that on the song so i told the mamidi about it i was like yo this for you i just you know like let's just ashake is the perfect man for this you know we sent him the record he came through almost immediately and um i knew that we had a jam you know the synergy was always there we are really cool friends so like it was it was meant to be and i'm just really glad it worked out and i'm glad you love it so this whole time you know you've been talking about like your intentions like going into this album was that you were trying to really make this kind of like easy going like more playful you know just like just like showing more size of yourself and and it's like you can really like feel that here i was just wondering you know like was that like a challenge for you in the writing process at all yeah to be honest i when i started making the album late 2020 let's 2020 to early 2021 yeah i think around may i i got a writer's block my first ever creative block ever in my life i straight up panicked i was all over the place you know i thought i'd lost my mojo uh, i called alamide you know my mentor he was like yo relax it's your first time i know how it feels you need to change your environment i took a flight to the united states for the first time in my life you know went to new york went to miami went to a street club in miami at the time of my life they literally had to drag me out of the street club bro like i could not be stopped <laughs> it was crazy i had a great time i took that energy to san francisco and that's where i recorded peru and you know it all just came back from there so i took that energy with me flew back to nigeria i completed the album in an interview from earlier this year you were saying that you didn't know if you were ever going to be as vulnerable as you were on apollo like ever again and it's like here you know it's like i wouldn't say that you're like being like vulnerable in the same way that you were there but you still are showing us like it's still like like softer side even though you're stepping into more of a like playboy persona yeah you're right because this is just a face it's not like i'm permanently transitioning into some kind of like demon or like you know <laughs> bad guy i'm still that guy and i'm still that really reclusive you know very thoughtful relaxed calm reserved person i'm always going to be that person so like even when i'm in this zone i know this zone is very very temporary you know i i i will most likely go back to my shell again but i i still might not be able to make that kind of vulnerable album again because like you know it was slept on uh, and rightly so because i understand you know what 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 it would i feel like it was slept on and i feel like it's one of those albums they won't appreciate until like maybe 10 years from now and i i wanted to be that album where they can always go back to you know when when they miss that side of me when like oh i miss when fireboy was like this then go back to apollo and listen to it you know that's that's the vibe i want to give like i will still be vulnerable you know moving forward in in some albums and some songs but like that kind of vulnerability in apollo is is very special because i i told a lot of really personal stories in that album you know like, and i don't think i can go back there again i don't see myself going back there again maybe something's might change but like right now i don't see it 
I was wondering where you found inspiration for songs like Need You from laughter, tears, and goosebumps that are kind of like these like acoustic covers almost. You sweep past mango, you sweep past agbaluma, no no where I want go, oh mommy you make bad now only you fit in me, baby don't go. You said let's be friends, oh, let's take it gently, baby, me I know get benzo, I know get bendy, baby, all I got is love for you, for you. Kind of like a step away from your usual mode, which is these like super like grand like productions. And you know, like they're way more stripped back. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of growth, to be honest. Um, as at the time I recorded and you know made LTG, I made LTG based off songs that you know I'd written like in my really vulnerable, naive years, you know, 2016, 2017. And even at the, as at the time I, I, I dropped the album, I was naive to the fame, I was naive to the money, I was naive to the women, you know, to, to the experiences, the relationships that I was in at the time. So like, it kind of reflected in the, in the music that I was making, you know, and then Apollo, you know, I had grown nine months after I had grown into the superstar, you know, but I was still holding back. And I realized that most of the stories that I told in LTG were not my stories. So I went in to tell my stories in Apollo, which I'll never do again, by the way. Learned the hard way. <laughs> but like, uh, it, it, it's been a lot of growth, you know, transitioning from, from that to, to this, you know, someone who's realized who he is and who's willing to come out and, you know, not shy away from the reality that is his life. I guess like the round it all out you know i was wondering about the closing song on this album like glory it's kind of like the opposite of change in a way where it's like you're not you're not like fearful anymore you're more just like accepting of everything and you're just like this is like this is who i am now and it's like and i'm not going to look back what well, one fun fact about the album is that i made the album in a way which you could turn the up the album upside down and listen to it from from down to up and it's it, it would still make sense, you know? So like, I initially wanted to make Glory the intro, but then I, I didn't want to just throw them into that, that life, just, you know, just, just push them into it. I wanted to ease them into it. And that's why I started with Change and ended with Glory. When I was recording Glory, I was, I was in God mode. I was in some God complex, braggadocio kind of like mind space, you know? And uh, I also wanted to reflect, you know, on where I was coming from. Because I told some stories about, you know, how I struggled on the streets of Lagos, um, trying to make music, trying to make money, trying to survive on my own, without my parents, without my family, without knowing anyone in Lagos, you know, just to inspire people and, you know, to let them know that, yo, I didn't just come from nowhere to this, you know, this is my villain story. <laughs> so, like, this is the kind of vibe, you know, that's, that's the energy that I was going with. And I'm, I, I, I hope they get the message. I hope they do. Cause I remember when I did us listen because I remember me and my brothers and my weeping day together. All this suffer where we suffer for the Jedi. Never say never. When I remember all the motherfucking liars and pretenders. Then they try me, but I tell them back to send out. Now I did it that I'm gonna live forever. Oh forever. Yeah. Give me little juice, the sauce, look at my shoes. That was Fireboy DML talking to the Faders' Brandon Carlander. Fireboy DML's new album, Playboy, 
is out today, August 5, via YBNL and Empire. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony Giambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfand. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. If you like listening to The Fader, good news. We're now on the new live radio app, AMP. You can download it from the App Store now. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.